I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. All right. This is The Big Douglas Show. This week on our Meet the Podcasters series, it's Mike Reed from the Burgundy Zone. Mike, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, Doug. How are you doing, man? It's been doing. It's, it's a long time coming, but we're finally here. It is. I was talking to uh, Kyle about that the other day, and I went back looking through the playlist. And I was like, I can't believe these guys. I don't think I was on with you guys full time. I don't think yeah. you guys were on with us. So I'm glad right. we uh, fixed those problems. Uh, you're right. It was too long. Exactly. Yeah. So look, I've got I've got a whole bunch of stuff ready for today. But I look the uh, ice cream man. I heard him today. Okay. So I was thinking, oh man, how nice are those uh, cones or the uh, Sunday cone? Look, chocolate in the bottom. Mm -hmm. That's my go-to. What is your go-to when the ice cream man stops by? Oh, see, it depends. A long time ago, when I was younger, I would always go with the the little WWF WWE ones that they had, like the Undertaker. They had Shawn Michaels. Those were always delicious. Then, uh, for whatever reason, uh, my stepson would always get the SpongeBob ones. The, those, and so I was like, okay, those are those are decent. But now, you know, I, I think I'm with you. I'm a go-to. My go-to would probably be one of those ice cream cones, one of the Sundays with the chocolate on the bottom and the cone. You can't beat that. It's very nice. You can't beat that. It's my, like a meal and an ice cream. And my cousin always told his kids when the music went on and they were out of ice cream. That's what, <laughs> That's actually genius. I might have to start using that. That would be look. <laughs> Well, music all right i've got uh, i've got a list of players here we'll get to know them as we go along we'll okay. see how well you know where they went to school okay all right uh some of these are a little tougher because well half the team went to alabama and that's no fun. Yeah, that's, <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. so let's start with jd mckissick Ooh, jd mckissick he went to a smaller school he played receiver it was uh was it was it in conference usa um no, I don't think so. No, it was not. Okay. Yeah, way down south, though. Way down south. Um, I feel like it starts with an M for some reason, but I'm probably wrong. Either an M or an A, and I'm probably wrong. Whoa, whoa, what was it? So this was a tough one, I know. Arkansas State. Arkansas State. See? Arkansas State. <clears throat> okay, there you go. I looked no. this up is why I had him on the list, too. 80 catches. Yeah, for right. JD right. Last year. Second on the team, I think. Yeah, he was, he was fantastic. <laughs> Set seven, I think, behind uh, McCorn, which yeah. is crazy. I remember being upset uh, losing Chris Thompson and uh, not realizing. I mean, I knew J.D. McKissick was a good pass catcher, but I didn't realize how good he was. J.D. McKissick, that guy's going to play a huge part in this offense this year. Again. No, nobody did. I think it was Devin Silva we talked to four or five months ago. He said the, the league was stunned by McKissick. Right. In fact, there were people that think he wasn't going to stick in the league when the Lions let him go. Right, right. Wow. That he wasn't even going to get signed. So, yeah, no doubt. All right, what about my man, DeShazer Everett? Oh, DeShazer Everett. DeShazer is, man, you're throwing out all these ones that are, that are tough. These are these are tough ones. Um, DeShazer went to... It's an SEC school. It's an SEC school. All right. It's not Arkansas. DeShazer Everett. Oh, did he go? He didn't go to anywhere in Florida. Caesar Everett. Um, it wasn't Georgia. Um, Caesar Everett went to. Um, I'm just. It wasn't Mississippi State. Oh man, that is another hard one. Doug, you are killing me with this. I, I know they're doing <laughs> hard. I, 
like I said, there's so many easy gimmies on the team. Right, we could yeah, have done yeah. that, but it didn't seem like it'd be much fun. Texas A&M. Texas A&M, okay. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, that makes sense. Both yeah. those guys, uh, undrafted free agents. Yep, right. All right. How about everybody's favorite kicker, Hopkins? Dustin Hopkins. He went to Florida State. There you go. There we go. Now you're on the board. Now we go. Uh, how about Cole Holcomb? Oh, Cole Holcomb went to North Carolina. There you go. And we'll finish up with everybody's favorite DB, Troy Atkey. Oh, Penn State. The Penn there State University. Go. There we go. The so, Penn State University. Three of five so far, you know. Not bad. Like, I mean, those yeah. first couple ones were tough. Those ones are those so, ones tough. Let's talk a little bit about the podcast, the Burgundy right. Zone. Okay. Uh, it's been, you guys have had it for a couple of years. You came in third. Is that right? Did the, did the other two gents already have one? Or did you guys all three start at the same time? I can't um, remember. So originally, uh, me and Kyle started it. It was back in twenty seven, okay. back right. in twenty seventeen. Um, me and Kyle started it. Uh, we instantly at the first after the first episode, one of my friends who's into production and stuff uh, was like, "Hey, I, I I don't know much about sports, but I mean, you guys obviously know what you're talking about. Why don't you come down to our studio and record uh, in Silver Spring?" So we went. We did that for a while. That was that was a lot of fun. Um, and then. Uh, after a little bit, like we did it for a couple of years. Then in 2019, I moved up to Gettysburg and that was before we really knew about zoom calls. So right. it was kind of hard for me to get down there all the time. So after a little bit, I was just like, I'm just going to take a break because it was about an hour away. So I was like, I'm just going to take a break and then uh, we'll see what happens. So then hall came on with, with, uh, with Kyle, they started doing it. And then I, we, the quarantine stuff, they picked up zoom calls. So I was able to make it every week. So then we just kind of went from there and then, now it's grown after that. So it's taken a while, but it's getting there. It, it, it does take a while. <laughs> yeah. Now you guys are, you guys are exploding right now. Yeah, Who is you. Ted? Did you guys start out with guests? How long yeah. did, was the show going before you guys started, you know, inviting guests? To come on No, the show? no. I'm um, actually, at first it was just me and Kyle and it wasn't necessarily just a Washington football Redskins uh, sport guys. It was all DC sports. So we, we would talk everything i mean obviously nats wizards capitals uh washington and we would have every once in a while like a, a couple friends or something come on um, but it was never anything up until last really 2020 yeah like about a year ago when we started getting like guests that were you know somebody to kind of write home about i think the first one that we had that was we were really excited about was morgan moses and then after that we were, we're getting like julian julie donaldson and all those people so it was good it was a lot of fun ever since then it's been surprise it seems like every week for us you guys have been fortunate to get some of the players on there yeah <laughs> those are tough yeah to track those guys down yeah who is tasked with uh, with tracking those guests down nine times out of nine i will say it's kyle kyle every time i don't know what it is man kyle is very persistent and he i guess he met a couple people that he talked to they they liked him and they just they continued to hook him up and then after that he kind of just he kind of got a name for himself and he's been talking to people and people have somehow been responding. It's funny. Cause I'll try to message people from our Burgundy zone account or something like a, like Kyle will, and nobody will respond anytime I do it. But when Kyle does it, for some reason, they take the bait. It's That's hilarious. <laughs> and, and when did you guys put up to YouTube? Cause it didn't start that way either. Right? No, right. Right. Um, it started, we were starting only live streaming on Facebook. And then uh, we, I think really about a year ago is when we started taking the YouTube account seriously, but really only the last few months has the YouTube account really been kind of, uh, we've been seeing like a, a lot of growth on it. Um, and so, yeah, we were, but we would put them everywhere, man. Apple pods, um, 
there's uh, good pods was an app that we were promoted by at one point to do um but yeah we, we have them everywhere we put them everywhere but youtube is really where we've been kind of taking it seriously over the last few months and when it's not football season what's your second favorite sport oh i'm a i'm a baseball guy I, i'm a diehard nationals fan I, um, I wonder i saw the curly w there on your arm yeah yeah unfortunately it's a net, done, hasn't been done for like three years but uh yeah it's a i'm a nats fan but i like all dc sports man i'm, I'm a wizards fan i know that that's cringe according to parker to like all teams from one spot but i'm a i'm a parker diehard dc <laughs> i don't i don't get that the only the only dc team i don't report is the nats and that's only because there was no team and we exactly. were fans because of it. Right. I was which is say, tough. I wish, I wish it wasn't the same well, division. Hey, but it's I know. I know. But that's the one team where it's okay. Like, I feel like from this area, if you're not a fan of it, like, I have a lot of friends that are fans, strictly DC teams, except for baseball. They're fans of the Orioles or something, you know, so. That's right. It right. is what it is. And I, I tried. I had thought about it and right. I just couldn't give up yeah. the lifetime fandomness. You know what I mean? Hey, if you're a Braves fan, man, I don't blame you. You guys are stack you guys are set for a long time well and, and full you know it was not that way when i was a kid you know what right, i mean we right, went through right. some rough years uh yeah down there that's uh that's like you know, right, we went through some rough we, years and now uh then we had a doubt. good year and now we're back getting back towards the rough years so it's a roller coaster they're gonna have to they're gonna have to deal shares aren't they yeah it seems like it it's looking like it which sucks but all right, this week we are doing DBs. Yes. Okay. So I, I, I made a list here, so I wouldn't forget any. We'll start with the corners. Right. Uh, Fuller and Jackson, I think, you know. Yeah, those are locks. Those on the outside. Right, yeah. So, uh, Moreland and St. Juice are locks to make the team. Yeah. Um. So I will, for sure, St. Juice, I do think Jimmy Moreland is – pretty much a lock and i do also think he's a dark horse that the horse to have a very good year um we had jimmy on our show he's one of the coolest people in the world he's mm-hmm. awesome i mean this guy you've seen last year some of his numbers some games he was incredible but i do think that there's maybe a one to two percent chance i don't think like i said i don't think it'll happen but that he could be a dark horse as somebody who didn't make the team just because he was not drafted by ron and them um, if you look at the way St. Juice has been playing, he's been playing fantastic. Fuller, McCain, who's listed out as a cornerback, Daryl Roberts, those guys are all better inside. Um, but I think that Jimmy's just too, I think that Jimmy's growth is going to be ridiculous. And somebody had pointed, the only reason I said that, that he could be is just because that's, yeah, would make some headlines. And he's, I, I really don't think that there's any chance that he doesn't make the team. And I think that I expect a big year from him. But if any of those guys, it's a crowded room right now, man. Um, that's just it is that's what dark, i said and dark, we'll get there i'll keep course. reading them off but you're right. right there is i mean the room's big and there's no yeah. way they can keep all of them right it's interesting uh you know the first one i've heard say that i don't necessarily disagree with you right right because uh we'll finish the show with today i've been running this call me crazy segment at the end right. of friday shows okay. and and one of them is i i think sooner than later saint juice will be kicked outside and nickel and they'll move fuller inside right yeah that's what Which, that's what i'm thinking which means there won't be as much need for the nickel right i mean you're only going to play three corners on the field at max most of the time because of all the safeties they've got i was about to say yeah they're they're going to be playing a lot of three safety sets so it's going to it's going to be interesting man but this is a good versatile group so and and i guess the rest of them are uh greg stroman right what think makes the team because he's does jimmy moreland play special teams i was trying to think that no no, um, that'll be a problem for him yeah, too. Exactly. That's the other thing is, is it's the versatility of some of these guys. And then the special teams aspect, like uh, 
we'll get to him later, but the Shazer Everett's a fantastic special teams guy. So it's, it's going to be right. tough with balancing all this out. Like I was looking at, I'm sorry to cut you off. I was looking at it earlier and I was yeah. like, dude, realistically, I could see 11 DBs making this team. Like, like who do yeah, I Yeah, Cause they gave right Cole Luke a contract, right? I mean, everybody right. will forget Cole. Well, people Luke, forget but, I mean, about they him. Gave him a guaranteed contract. Right. People forget about Daryl Roberts. People forget about some of the rookies, like Derek Forrest. Like it's, there's going to be some young guys that make the team. Yeah. Johnson plays special teams. Yeah. Danny, Danny Johnson, Johnson. Right. Like Danny him. Johnson's a good returner too. Or he's a yeah. decent returner. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Daryl Roberts makes eight, and they've got Bobby McCain listed as a, yeah. as, a as a cornerback. Right. I was about to say when I just checked it. Uh, yeah, clearly he's going to be playing some sort of hybrid role, which is what he's best yeah. at. But he was always better as a corner, uh, as an inside guy, especially in the slot. Um, he's he's really shined there. He hasn't been he hasn't put up the numbers that he did has a corner at safety. I mean, he's kind of falling off a little bit but that versatility like with him fuller can drop back and play some safety despite him not being as good at it you know as people make him out to be but it's this versatility in the secondary man it's crazy yeah and then then once we get to the the safeties you've got reeves atke collins curl everett and and the rookie forest so yeah it's eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen dbs right and you could really make the argument for a lot of them. Like, that's why when I was trimming it yes. down and finding, trying to figure out who made the roster, I was like, there's 11 of these guys that I really just don't want to get rid of. Like, of course, there's a few locks, like obviously Cam Fuller, uh, Cam Curl, uh, Kendall Fuller, William Jackson. I mean, Jimmy Moreland's close. Uh, Landon Collins has to because of his contract. So it, it's kind of tough right now to say, like, who's is and isn't going to make it. It's, it's a good problem to have, though. It's not something that we've had here in a long time. It is while well, we were discussing this either last week or one of these shows. Sometimes they run together, but oh yeah, uh, there are going to be a lot of team uh, players that don't make this team that are going right. to catch on with other squads, and I don't yes. know that that's something we could have said a whole yeah. lot of in right. recent memory. In, in years past, I mean, even on the opposite side of the ball, you look at receiver; just it's night and day compared to last year. At least it should be. I mean, I know it's still early. I know it's only June, but like receivers were it's we're so deep this year whereas last year it was you could really aside from terry you could make an argument for anybody so it was tough yeah i mean that's that's that was the first one that we did in this little series right it was the wide receivers and and you're right it gets tough yeah it gets tough because you'll have you'll have uh i think what we were talking about was Harmon, danny golden and humphreys yeah, kind of all only vying one for of those, a spot. I bet right? you only one of those three makes the makes the squad, yeah. and, I, and I would bet it's not Humphreys. Yeah, I, I would. I think out of those guys, between Harm, you said it was Harmon, Humphreys, and uh, AGG. Is that what you said? That would be my guess. Is the you know yeah. the and last three out of those three? Harmon's the most talented. I think Harmon's the best wide receiver out of those three right now. I mean, he's shown the most it's rookie year. He seven hundred receiving yards. So I mean, yeah, it's tough. But he wasn't taken by this coaching staff. You know, AGG was. He's coming off an injury. So it's one of those, it's yeah. weird. It's definitely. It weird. is. And and the coaching staff has showed you that if they didn't draft you, you know, don't, no, yeah. don't yeah. Keep, keep your bags packed. Right. They don't, they don't care. They want what they want. They know who they like. They know the kind of player that they like. And they're, they know what they, they know what they're doing. Were you as stunned as I was at how well Everett played at free safety last year? And that they've opened up camp. I know it's just camp, but I mean they had him starting at free safety next to Curl. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I was very, I was very surprised because Everett's always been a nice, solid player. Uh, he's 
him and Jeremy Reeves, they, they've both been very solid guys, like good backups, but not anybody that you ever would expect to come out and play well. But Everett and Reeves, they both, they played very well when they were in there. Like, especially, I mean, Jeremy Reeves had, I think it was like, according to PFF, the highest Washington safety ratings and Sean Taylor or something. And that's nuts in itself. And Everett, not only is he just a captain, he's a solid player on the field, but also his special teams aspect makes it so interesting too, because he can go out there and be a gunner. If he's healthy, he's a fantastic special teams player. Absolutely. Captain, right? He's captain special teams. Yeah. Uh, the special teams is going to be interesting for this. So we, we had somebody on, um, I forget who it was. It was somebody from PFF uh, about a month ago. And I was talking to him, we're talking about the receivers and I was talking to him about uh, how we have to, find out who's going to be a return man because that could make a that, that could make somebody the roster right there and he was like yeah but you're only really looking at a punt returner because kick returners really are they're irrelevant nowadays with with uh, all the touchback right. that's true i didn't even take that into consideration i was like yeah that's valid point yeah, i hadn't either yeah because generally it's like a running back or something crazy back there it's not even right the old speed murder exactly like right it's a north south there. type dude and they don't yeah. kick uh-huh. returners don't even really return the ball anymore it seems like yeah, I didn't even, I didn't, I hadn't thought about that. But yeah. right. when you guys do your shows, um, it, it's always amazing to me. Four people is tough. We've done them before to get yeah. people from not, you know, running over each other. The host has got to really kind of right. work that thing like an orchestra. Did you guys, how much time do you guys pre planning, sharing questions? Do you share your questions? Do you um, just say, all right, listen, we're going to, we're going to go in order unless there's just a necessary follow-up question. Yeah. Yeah. So before we record, I mean, we'll talk all throughout the week. Um, but since we do an episode every Tuesday and every Thursday, we'll, we'll start recording at about six 30, I believe. Yeah. Six 30. Yeah. And uh, so we'll get into the zoom chat at about six. We'll kind of go over what we're going to talk about. Who's what order we're going to go in. Um, sometimes. And it's sometimes it's just like, since there's not much going on right now, kind of just had like a lot of the similar questions for like the last month it seems like like i mean there's not there hasn't been much to talk about since since the draft ended so i mean some of them we don't we haven't written down or anything we're just like all right kyle you ask first and then that'll remind me of this and then hall goes and then it's just kind of i'm just feeding off that was that was my follow-up i'm curious if you use a show sheet or uh how that goes i know some like to when i first started i used one every time i don't use nearly as much now what are you guys doing yeah. Um. Also, I'll have my notes open on my computer, and I'll have a few questions typed in there, just like as emergencies if I don't think of anything when it comes to me. Um, but sometimes it gets tough because some of them are just so generic. Like before, you you're really talking to somebody, and they're all just. I guarantee most of the questions that you have are the same as somebody else. So you just like they're so generic, and I just have them in emergency that like you also really got to listen and cross them off or put a check mark next to them if they've already been asked and not accidentally slip up and ask the same question. So it's. It's tough, but uh, as long as you're paying attention, you'll be good. That's right. All right, let's wrap up with this little Call Me Crazy segment that I got. Let's do this. Call Me Crazy. Logan Thomas will lead the team in receiving yards. Ooh. See, I almost want to call you crazy because Terry, obviously. However, I could really – I mean, look, Brian Fitzpatrick loves his tight ends. He loves his big targets. Uh, Logan Thomas is only going to get better from last year. I think, I, I mean, I don't think that there's any question about that. He's still learning the position and he's really putting in work, man. I could, I will call you crazy. Cause I'll say maybe he could lead the team in receptions. I don't know about receiving yards. So I will say, Doug, you're crazy there. All right. Uh, Mike call me crazy, but 
Terry McLaurin will break 15 touchdowns on the oh. year. Oh, see, that's another one. I am good just because I'm so used to being a Washington fan and not having anything really go my way. I'm going to call you crazy. However, hey, that's fine. Terry can do anything. And now that Terry has help opposite him to kind of shift coverages away and a quarterback that likes to throw the ball downfield as opposed to last year, Terry can really do whatever he wants, I, I think. I think that as long as Terry's healthy and he gets the ball thrown his way, Terry could do anything. I agree, and and they are going to pump the ball down the field. Yes. Anybody that tells you they brought him in here to kind of take care of the ball and play great defense right. like they did in the Miami, no. I don't, no way. No way. They, no they had those quarterbacks on the roster. Exactly, right, yeah. We, we saw what happened with with those quarterbacks. Now, uh, the whole reason Fitz was brought in, I think, was the exact opposite of that, so he could push the ball down the field. Oh, absolutely. I right. say this all the time. Ron said that they looked at Buffalo for the way to rebuild this thing. Right. And and the coach up there said, listen, I'd love to be able to win ball games 14-13, but you'll lose all your hair and yeah. be out of the league suit. It's a sporting exactly. league. You have to score points. Yes, that, it's just not today's NFL. Today's NFL is points. As good as your defense is, they're still going to get points put up on them, unfortunately, it seems like. So you, you got to be able to score. Mike, call me crazy, but Sweat leads the team in sacks this year. No, I don't think you're – I could 100% see that. I think Montez Sweat – people always forget about him just because of the hype of Chase Young, but He's Montez Sweat had a better season last year. I know Chase was a rookie, and I know he missed some time, and I know this year Chase is a full off season. but if everybody's going to be that focused on Chase, man, Montez Sweat is going to feast. Montez Sweat is so naturally talented. He's such a, such a high-motor guy with his athleticism, and, and really nothing can stop Montez Sweat either. He's somebody else who can really do whatever he wants, especially if you're going to – Single block him? No. Yeah, Montez Sweat, I could see him 100% leading the team in sacks. And we'll finish with this. It's not necessarily a call me crazy. I'm just curious your thoughts on it. We're going to talk to Mark Bullock on Monday about it. Okay. I've got, I've got this 5-1-5 defensive set in my mind. Okay. Got to find a way to get all five defensive linemen now that Ioannidis is right. dead. Right. Both Sweat and Chase Young, even though I know the fan base don't want to hear it, can drop into coverage from yep. time to time. Mm -hmm. And it also gets you one of your better groupings. The safeties on the field, more safeties, the better. They like Kaliki Hudson. They're going to have to find time for him this year. Yeah. Uh, and they didn't, other than Jamin Davis, they did nothing right. to improve the linebacker situation, which makes me think maybe they're just not that concerned about yeah. linebacker because right. they don't have so many safeties on the field. 5 1 5. Uh, my man Ashburning quoted there. I called it the shark attack. Said, okay. "What do you think about that five-one-five? I love that idea. I think that really. I mean, even like you said, Montez Sweat and Chase Young, they're both super athletic, and they can drop into the flood. They can cover. And Montez Sweat, as we've seen, he can get his hand on balls really from anywhere on the field. I mean, Montez Sweat, it's, we call him Montez Swat. He's just constantly right. batting balls down." Um, and yeah, I think that you're right with the linebackers. I mean, really, you only brought in Jamin Davis, and what does that tell you? That tells you that. Like you said, they're kind of they're OK with the linebackers being semi thin because they're going to use safeties and they're, they're going to use some defensive linemen. They're going to use people all over. And I think a five one five would be an amazing thing to see. And I really think that somebody like Jack Del Rio could have a field day with that. Getting all your too. best players on the team on the field at one time. Oh, my God. Because they've oh. still got D line depth after those five. You know, exactly. you've still got Tim still Settle, Tim I'm Settle, telling right. you. You watch for Smith Williams this year. They are high yeah. on him, and he's another athletic freako. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And like we talked about with those, that secondary. So, so when I was going through it, um, 
so many of this secondary, so many players in the secondary are versatile. I mean, you look at uh, obviously Bobby McCain, you look at Daryl Roberts, you look at Kendall Fuller, even um, you look at Jeremy Reeves. Uh, let's see who else is there. Um, uh, uh, St. Juice, technically he can play safety. I don't think he will play that much this year, but mm-hmm. I mean, those five guys can play corner. They can play safety. They can play wherever and do it effectively too. So, I mean, you can have so many mixings and matchings with this defense that I really think that this defense is going to be the one to beat in the NFL this year. I do too. I do too. I, yeah. I think that people are going to realize that Darby was really good last year. Right. He should get more credit probably than he mm-hmm. gets from the fan base yeah. because listen, every, every corner is going to get torched, right? Exactly. I mean, they definitely got torched right. a couple of times, but yeah. if you don't, if you don't get torched once in a while, then you're probably not out there trying either. That right. would be the very best. Right. But Jackson is, is an upgrade. That's 100%. I mean, it's just all there is to that. Right. And they brought him in because, to your point, versatility, they watched the tape, and Ron yeah. said, well, they didn't use him in both, but he can play man and zone, yes. so we don't have and a problem with it. That's his. I really think uh, – I've been saying this since we signed him. He was the one person that I was okay with, obviously, signing if we let Darby go. And I, I was a big Darby guy, surprisingly. Uh, I think he played very well. – you're right. He played very they well. They offered Darby, too. He didn't. He they didn't, did. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, so I think that they were high on him. But William Jackson III, I, I, I think – I honest to God think William Jackson has a very real chance of being a top-five cornerback in the NFL this year. I know that I probably sound like a homer with all this stuff I'm saying, but it's all about the defense. This defense can be fantastic. Um, William Jackson, with this defensive line in front of him, you've got Fuller, you got Moreland, you got all these other guys opposite him. I really think that William Jackson can have – he had a very good year. I think it was two two seasons ago, well, at least yes. according to PFF. I think he can have another season right around there and really kind of establish himself as one of the better corners in the NFL. He was he was well, used out. He wasn't used right in Cincy. And, and that's right. And and to your point with that defensive line, there ought to be opportunity to take the ball away for sure. Exactly right. Exactly. That's the biggest thing. Hey, look at Darby Fuller. They had Darby had the best season of his career last year. Uh, Fuller started to kind of weaned out a little bit towards the end, but uh, he still played fantastic he got his hands on more balls than he usually does um so i really think the opportunity is there for william jackson and let's wrap with this mike what makes a successful season next year um see it's tough i I know a lot of people want to talk about the first place schedule being very difficult and it is i mean they threw in buffalo in there and that's going to be a tough game but it's the nfl not every teams are are as good as they were the year previous uh, things of that nature Uh, i really think that Washington should be the favorites to win the NFC East again. Um, and if you really just look at it, look, I know the Giants made some improvements. I, I know that the Cowboys are getting some guys back, obviously, like Dak. They think that they've improved their defense. I don't think they've improved their defense enough. Um, Washington is just better all around. You look at Dallas, they have an elite defense. They have a bottom of the road. I'm sorry, an elite offense, a bottom of the road defense. You look at Washington, Washington has an elite defense, which should be a middle of the road with potential to be a little bit better offense. Um, New York, I just don't think that their coaching staff matches up anywhere close to ours, though I do like Joe Judge. Um, their season rests on Daniel Jones. Do you trust him? I don't know. Um, I surprisingly trust Fitz a little bit more than him. So I really think Washington wins the NFC East again, and if they don't, I think it'll be a disappointment to me. Mike, thanks for coming on today with me. Of course, man. Uh, tell the folks where to find you and what y'all got coming up next. So, yeah, of course, you can find me on the Burgundy Zone podcast. We record every Tuesday and every Thursday. We post it all over YouTube, Apple Pods, um, anywhere podcasts are found. Pretty much we post that. I am also on Twitter at Mike Reed 2156. My handle is Old Dad. Um, so you can just follow me there on Instagram. It's Mike DJ. So you guys can follow me there and make sure you listen to the Burgundy zone whenever you're not listening to the big Douglas show. Absolutely. Mike, we appreciate you. Of course, man. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, bud.